0: As an archaeologist and historian, I often wonder, when reading through the details of some incredibly important historic event, did they know it was history while they were living it? As I pore over the details with the benefit of 2020 hindsight, when things seem so obvious, I think, did they know too? Did it seem as obvious to them at the time? This armchair speculation is all very safe and spiffy and neato, right? All part of the fun. But, as luck and irony would have it, I find myself living through just such an historic time. We are at a crossroads in this country. What future historians will describe as weighted with possibility and potential. And yes, I know it. I see it. I can feel that things will not be the same coming out of 2020 as they were going into it. I see it, but I don't know how to feel about it yet. Because of course, all of that depends on what comes next. Are we at the edge of a cliff, about to fall? Or have we already fallen, and are about to climb our way into the light? I don't really know. So, to get some guidance, and maybe distract myself more than a bit, I'm turning my attention to another historic event, one that was similarly perched upon such a precipice, an event that, when looked at in retrospect, had a distinct before, when life was lived and thought of one way, and after, when something changed, and nothing and no one was the same. The LGBTQ movement of the 1970s and 80s. One of those things that, at the time, no one saw coming, and yet, looking back, seemed completely inevitable. Now, to cover this topic, I'm going to have to change things up a bit. I hope you don't mind. First, we won't be talking much about cemeteries, at least not in the conventional sense. Second, this episode is going to traverse into the autobiographical at times, simply because the town the story is set in is where I spent a lot of time growing up, and where generations of my family have lived – Bellows Falls, Vermont. And I utilize a lot of family stories to help paint the picture. And finally, we're going to be talking about relatively modern history in this series, The 1970s and 80s. Within my lifetime. This is the story of Andrew's Inn. The first, and only, throughout its decade of existence, LGBTQ plus hotel and bar in the state of Vermont. So, Andrew's Inn. Let's set the scene. 1973 to 1984. This place was... Lit With every queer party life staple you can imagine, both in volume and intensity, partygoers enjoying fancy restaurant dining, disco dancing, and we're talking a real 1970s disco, mind you, drag shows, drag balls, costume balls, waiters, and gold lamé speedos on roller skates. Local LGBTQ plus people mixed with busloads of queer people from Boston, New York City, and Montreal for alcohol and drug fueled weekend fests. This place was so queer that it was featured in the gay publication Blue Boy, basically the gay version of Playboy, as a great place to visit in 1979. This place was so queer that members of the village people hung out here. YMCA, in the Navy, macho man, village people, people. A place like that, at that time, smack in the middle of the downtown of an old Vermont mill town was insanely, unbelievably, fantastically improbable. By every definition, this place was historic. And in retrospect, it marked a cultural transition with a distinct sense of life before its existence and after. And yet. For all of its amazingness, importance, and improbability, Andrew's Inn wasn't talked about very much in the after. I only vaguely knew that it was a gay bar. And many locals knew even less than that. In fact, most... Knew nothing about it at all. Interesting, isn't it? What we do and do not talk about? What events are considered worth knowing? What details are considered proper? What histories are considered real? Of course, all of that depends on who's doing the deciding, who's telling the story. It is interesting what we choose to leave out. The things we don't want people to know. Because most often, it's what we don't say that says the most about us. I'm Gail Golick, and this is The Secret Life of Death, Episode 8, Identity, Part 1. Coming soon. Music for this episode was provided with permission by Epidemic Sound. For more information about the Secret Life of Death podcast, go to our website, thesecretlifeofdeath.com, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for fun photos and extras. You can find us on all of the podcast platforms. Please like us, rate us, and tell a friend about the show.